Welcome to Church Project. If you're a first-time guest here, we're a church. We're a gathering of people that love Jesus, and we want to know and love him more. We're also a project. We're an ongoing pursuit to discover what God originally intended the church to be. And so together, we're trying to figure out how to be the church in 2019. Um, I want to applaud you today for um, holding church like this, holding it loosely, and saying, you know what, for the next four weeks, we're going to move locations. We're going to go downtown Greeley, and isn't this a beautiful building? Like, I, I, one thing, I, as Ryan was speaking, you know, we're going to be here January 27th, February 3rd, and February 10th, so three more weeks after this, and one of the reasons we came down here was because we are, again, implementing our first Wednesdays at Church Project, which is going to be a night of incredible worship and praise like we just had. It's going to happen every first Wednesday of this year, and we've already reserved this building for that, so if... Even if all we do is meet here for three weeks and then do First Wednesdays, I'm just telling you, like, this is going to be the center of what God's doing and even in downtown Greeley. And so I want to applaud the people, whether they're even in this room or not, that saw potential in a building that was abandoned. Saw potential to come in and say, I believe in a location so much and I believe in a culture so much that I'm going to put my money down. Like, I want to invest in this place. And so if we could, I know they might not be here, they might not ever hear, but let's give it up for the people that invested in this. And I, I believe, I believe that this place is going to be um, a cultural center place for Greeley, for arts and all this cool stuff that happens down here. And I agree, Justin, you're going to be overwhelmed today because people are going to come to Right Coast Pizza. So there we go. Welcome to Church Project I'm literally jumping right into our, our passages, and if you have your, um, your, this cool phone, pull it out, go to the YouVersion app. Um, you can search for our church project, and our notes will be on, on there for free, um, but it might, so, it might also be under Mason's Event Center. If it's not there, then you're just going to have to go to our Facebook page and click on the link to get to the notes. So... If you still are listening, after all that interaction with your phone, great. Uh, so anyways, the notes are there, or you can find them by going to our Facebook page. I'm going to jump in this passage, because it's a very cool passage. We've been going through the book of Acts. We're in Acts chapter 18, verses 12 through 17. This is the beginning of the church. Like, this is Paul. He's going around, and this is a New Testament church. He's going around, and he's planning all these different churches, and he's encouraging the different churches. And we find ourselves in Acts chapter 18. I'm going to read five verses today. So Acts chapter 18, verses 12 through 17. If you have your Bible, you can open that up, or version app. If you don't own a Bible, there's one in the entryway, and that's our gift to you. So Acts chapter 18, verses 12 through 17. Let me read this. While Gallio was proconsul of Achie, the Jews of Corinth made a united attack on Paul and brought him to the place of judgment. This man, they charged, is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. Just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to them, if you Jews were making a complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions about words and names and your own law, settle the matter yourselves. I will not be a judge of such things. So he drove them off. 
Then the crowd then turned on, on Sosiphenes, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the proconsul. And Gallio showed no concern whatsoever. What do these five verses unpack? What do they show us? Here's, I believe, the promise that each of us can take away from this passage today. This passage shows God's timing in your life is always perfect. Take that. Even if you're not going to take anything else today, God's timing in your life is always perfect. Look at Paul. We've been, we've been studying the life of Paul. Look at all the different places that he went, all the different people. You know, last week we talked about the nouns abound, the, peace, the people, places, and things in our life. Like the places and the people and the things in all of our lives will continually be changing and shifting as, as we're le- we little people all the way up until like an old wide age of like grandpa here. Like the nouns are changing continually for us. Situations are changing continually for us, and a promise we can hang on, even as we look at this passage, is that God's timing in your life is always perfect, period. Isn't it cool to know that God is bigger than we are? He created all of this. He's moved time and space. He's moved your day and your health to literally be sitting in the chair that you're sitting in right now because he loves you that much. Like he's been pursuing you, and he continues to pursue you through all of time. God's timing in your life is always perfect. Timing is everything. Would you agree? If you don't agree, let's just go through some some memories here, some deep, deep, dark memories. In the 60s, lava lamps. (laughs) Old hippie lady, you with me? Okay. Lava lamps, mini skirts, and bell bottoms. I know bell bombs like 70s too, right? Timing's perfect, right? Timing's everything. I would love to see Jack Mountain bell bottoms today. <laughs> and Jay in a miniskirt. No, I'm joking, Jay, no. He just had a knee replacement. That'd be gross, okay. <laughs> 70s, what do we think of when we think of the 70s? Roller skates and the pet rock. The pet rock. Come on, man. Why can't I think of something like that? How can I make money off a rock? Like, timing's everything, right? Okay, I'm about to get some whoop whoops up in here. What about the 80s? Oh, yeah. Whoop whoop. Kangaroo shoes? Come on. You remember the kangaroo shoes? Raise your hand if you had a pair of kangaroo shoes. I'm the only cool person in this whole room. You know, they had like a little, little pocket. You zip it right here. Yeah, you had some? No. I don't know when it was, but I owned them. Velcro? All right, there you go. All right, uh, 90s. This will show all you. I guess I'm just old, man. <laughs> I was too early, babe. You and me, man, we rock in the 80s all day long. 90s. This will show all you criminals in the room. Napster. Free music like no one's business, man. Steal it. I remember downloading for hours and days. Like, man, please don't send the police after me. Napster! (laughs) 90s. 2000s, Crocs and Heelys. Come on. Some of you are still rocking the Crocs. Good for you. Rock them hard all day long. Timing is everything. I don't know. 2000, uh, the 10s? What do we call this? The 10s? What do we call this? 2010s? It just doesn't roll. I don't know, whatever. 
the only thing I can think of is I guess I proved I'm old here is vapes and Pinterest. Like, <laughs> is that what we're going to be known for? Vapes and Pinterest? Like, wow, okay. Timing's everything. In our life, timing is everything. And here's, here as Christians, as, as people that consider ourselves followers of God, sons and daughters that have been redeemed and restored, like this building, amen, restored. Like God drove, drove down the street, saw us. He's like, man, there's a lot of potential in that building. I, I'm going to put a lot of money into that building. I'm going to put a lot of time. I'm going to put a lot of care and love, and I'm going to fill it. And it's going to become something incredible. That's our lives, man. God's timing is perfect. In order for these verses to play out the way they did, in order for these five verses to play out the way that they did, there's something called the Pax Romania. And if you're familiar with that, that's the peace of Rome. And the Pax Romania in history lasted from 27 B.C., all the way to 180 A.D., so 206 years of the Pax Romania in history. You can go study it. You can learn all about it. But this, because of this time in history, because of the Pax Romania, it provided religious freedom for the Jewish people to be able to worship their way and their God in that time. This also provided for roads in Rome and the whole area to be built so people can now travel safely. They can go from city to city, which didn't happen before. So we have this time of peace and history where the peace of Rome is there. Roads are being built. Not only that, there's a single universal Greek language that's declared over all the land. And so in order for this this passage to happen, these five verses to happen, timing was everything. Roads had to be there. Language had to be there. This peace had to be there. This freedom had to be there. God's timing in history is perfect. And so for in order these verses to happen, the Pax Romania had to be there. Also, Paul, if we study the life of Paul, I mean, he had to be a Roman citizen and a Jewish person to be able to speak the places that he did and how he did. He had to be both of those things. But also, if you know anything about Paul, he loved killing Christians, like slaying them. That was his goal, like slay, kill, behead, destroy all Christians. And God encountered him on a road and broke his heart and blinded him and said, there's a building that needs to be restored. And we see this man come up with hope, with a vision, with purpose. So Paul even had to be redeemed. Paul had to be restored. We see also in this passage, Gallio. Gallio is the governor of equestrian rank in the Roman Empire. That sounds awesome. Ride around on a horse. Yee-haw, you got to be high to get that one. But he's like, he's like the top man in this Roman Empire for, for the different areas. They all had different ones out there. He had to also, if you study the history, this Gallio man, he had to be unwilling to mingle in Jewish affairs because in this passage, what happened? The Jewish people are taking Paul to Gallio and saying, judge him. And he goes, this doesn't sound like a Roman thing. It sounds like a Jewish thing. You deal with it. And so he had to be at this place where he's like, you know what? I'm unwilling to mingle in your Jewish affairs. You people, you go figure that out. Also, Gallio, history, if you study him, um, details this man as a kind and fair man. That's what he's known for. 
And in fact, his brother, when he writes about him, says, you'll be lucky to find anyone as kind and as fair as Gallio. Also, Gallio, history details that he was the the proconsul for two and a half years, starting in 51 AD. So why do I say that? Well, it's because you Bible history buffs, you're like, when did Paul walk the earth? Well, because of Gallio, we know he reigned for two and a half years, and it's written and recorded that he was in 51, and he was instilled into that position, installed into that position, so we know that like, accurately when Paul walked because of this man, because of history. Fun little nerdy fact there. So we had to have the Pax Romania, we had to have Paul, we had to have Gallio, and we also had to have Luke. Luke is the author of Acts, the book we've been studying for two and a half years, What do we know about Luke? Luke, he was a physician, and he wrote the the book of Acts with enormous detail. He crossed every T, dotted every I. He wanted us to have the accurate story of Jesus and of God, and he tells these things to show that God is true. So we had to have all these things happen, and even Luke to write them down to the truth, every T, every I, so we, in 2019, can even read what's happening. Do you see all that's happening just so we today can get this love message. So many moving pieces. But I want to look at these a little bit, okay? So let's go to verse 13. Verse 13, this man they charge is persuading the people to worship God in various ways according to the law. So these Jewish people brought Paul, and this was what they were saying about him. And Gallio is thinking right now, law. Huh, what law? Is Paul breaking the Roman law? If so, I'll smite him. Or is he breaking the Jewish law? And what does that have to do with me? You're bringing him to me. And so you see him thinking about that in verse 13. Then we get to verses 14 through 16, right? It says this, just as, get this, people. Just as Paul was about to speak, So he was brought before the head honcho, and all the Jewish people were like, kill him, smite him, destroy him. Gallio's thinking, what does this have to do with me? Should I kill him, smite him, destroy him? And right as Paul was about to speak in verse 14, Gallio said to them, everyone there, if you Jews were making a complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since... It involves questions about words, which if you want to get really detailed, the words are scripture, and names, which if you want to get really detailed, the names are Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Messiah, and your own law, which if you want to get really technical, is the Torah. Settle the matter yourselves. What has this got to do with Rome? I will not be a judge of such things. So he drove them off. Look at this. Paul, I imagine if he's anything like me, he's preaching a bold message. A mob rises against him, takes him to the head honcho. He's thinking, I'm about to get destroyed. I'm going to prison again. I'm going to get beat again. I don't know. I just know I got to tell this message of Jesus. Like, I got to do this. But he's thinking, like, as soon as I begin to speak, like, I'm going to get beat. I'm going to jail something. Like, would you be there? I would be. 
as this charge is brought up against me, and I'm about to start talking to Gallio, right? And look, I'm about to speak in verse 14, and I get cut off. I don't even get to speak. Because the head honcho decides immediately that it has nothing to do with him and sends it back to the Jewish people. (sighs) Which reminds me of Luke chapter 12, verses 11 through 12. And this is a promise we can all hold on to. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Amen. As we move about our days and we encounter situations that we don't know what to do, God's Holy Spirit will show us what to do. Amen. As Paul is worried about what he's about to say, he's about to speak up, and God intervenes so much that the head honcho says, shh, and dismisses him. Amen. God wants to do that every day in all of our lives. He wants us to be so listening to him that God intervenes and we know that it was the hand of God, not just consequence or not just like coincidence in our life. It was the hand of God that moved. How many times in your life have you left a situation jumping up and down, screaming like a little girl, giddy, clapping, going, woohoo? I don't know how I got out of that one. I don't know how I avoided that car wreck. I don't know how that was overcome. I don't know how I was healed from cancer. I don't know how, what, I don't know how. Like how many times have we left a situation going, praise God. That's why we can lift this room with praise. I don't know how that marriage was saved. I don't know how that addiction was broken. In my deepest, darkest despair, I didn't know what God was going to do, but he encountered me in a real way. The only reason Paul was about to speak up and go to jail and get killed was because he was encountered in such a way that he could not deny the love of God in his life. Jesus had transformed him, and that's eternal. We are the same. The fact that we can breathe today shows that God loves you and his blessings are deeply pouring out on each and every one of us. I don't know how many times in life I've said, that was a miracle, praise God. And I guarantee all of us, whether we know God or not in this room, we can sit today in stillness and we can count our many blessings. We can say, I don't know how I'm alive for the things that I've done. It's in that place when we begin to be real with God where he encounters you and says, isn't it cool that those things don't even matter? Like what matters is that I died for you. That you've locked eyes with me and said, I want to know more about you, God. Thank you for your forgiveness and your love. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross. God, I pray that you show me how to love you more. Amen? Then we see in verse 17 here, then the crowd there turned on Sosathenes, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the proconsul, and Gallio showed no concern whatsoever. Hmm. That's interesting. Paul's brought 
to be judged. He's, he's brought to the place of judgment. It's called to the Bema seat. It's a glorious place where everyone would go. And that's where like verdicts were brought down. And Paul's sitting there. Yet he ends up walking free, giddy, jumping up and down. And someone else gets beat. Hmm. That's interesting. All right. It's really interesting, especially if you want to get into the details of the Bible. In verse 17, the crowd that they're talking about right there really is unknown. Are we talking about the Jewish people crowd beat this guy up? Or maybe we're talking about the Roman crowd beat this guy up. It's not Paul they beat up. It's this, it's this guy right here that they beat up, this Sasha, whatever his name is. He needs to get a shorter name. But, He's the guy that's beat up, but we don't even know who beat him up. The crowd, maybe they're Jewish, maybe they're Roman. Why did he get beat up? Who beat him up? These are very good questions. We do know this, though, that this, this long-named guy is beaten. He's beaten up. He's also referenced possibly in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1, as one of the writers for the book of 1 Corinthians, which means with Paul, he became a Christian. It's the same name. It might not be the same guy. I don't know. It could be the same guy. We don't know who the crowd is. We don't, we don't know if this guy was Christian or not, but I'll, I will tell you this. You're, you're smart enough. Go study it. I'll give, you, I'll give you the two options here. If you think it's the Jewish people that beat this guy up, maybe he got beat up because he was already showing sympathy towards the Christian way. And so the Jewish people are like, whoa, you believe in Jesus the Messiah too? So the Jewish people beat up their synagogue ruler. One possibility. The other one is the Romans beat him up, and it's kind of like poetic justice. The Romans are like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like anti-Semitic tendencies right here to beat this guy up. They came to, to get Paul like arrested and beat up, and, and we're like, ah, no, we're going to beat up your leader. Like who knows? Study it. Knock yourself out. Go for it. This is what I think the pull away for all of us in this room is this. God's timing in your life is always perfect, period. All of time and space had to move for this to happen. Paul's relationships, everything had to move for this to happen. Like, can you see this? Psalms 139, verses 7 through 12 says this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there, amen? If I make my bed in the depths, you are there, amen? If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, even the light becomes night around me. Even the darkness will not be able to dark, will be dark, dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. Jesus shows up on the scene at the perfect time in history to walk, to die on the cross. We see Paul shows up on the scene in the perfect time of history for the early church with all the developments of the, of the Roman Empire and everything that's happening. This was for benefit for Paul to spread the good news message to eventually find its way to Greeley. The perfect time in history, Paul shows up. Life.church, the creators of version on your Bible app, Okay. They show up at the perfect time in history, and they have the technological powers to create a Bible app that's free for people in China and all around the world. Like, the technology couldn't have existed in the 80s. 
The shoes were there, but not the technology. Like the perfect time in history, God brought the smart people together to get technology to tell people the good news of a message. You see, history, and it's cheesy, is his story. He's moving time and space. He's moving history so that the world will know how much he loves them. He's moved all of your day today and all of your existence to literally get your attention and say, regardless of what you've done, listen, I love you deeply. Deeply. Are we going to humble ourselves enough to listen to his calling in our life? Your story, oh, this is really good. Are you ready for this? Your story, your inventions and your creations, the way you lead your organizations, the way you organize and systemize will blow people's mind and make them realize. That's so good. I know I'm the wrong like skin up here. I, I, I can't even clap up here, right? But think about this. All the places and spaces you go, you're going to create. You're going in, in, to in, innovate. You're going to have in, inventions. You're going you're gonna to lead your organizations in incredible ways. You're going to organize, organize and systemize. Like you're going to blow people's mind in the way that you move and you live your life. This is for real because the power of the Holy Spirit lives in you. You tap into a power that's deeper than anything this world has to offer. You will parent with power. Amen? Amen. You will parent with power. You will have deep insight into the problems no one can solve. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God actually wants to solve world problems and maybe even through you? Do you believe that you might actually create the technology that takes the Bible and the good news message around the world? Do you believe that? Can you tap into that power? All of history, all of your life, all of your experiences led you to Greeley, Colorado to innovate, to create, to love, to put hope into dead places and to restore dead buildings. He wants to do that in our hearts. He wants to do that in our lives. He wants to do that in our businesses. You will have bigger imaginations and create masterpieces. Some of you, you may create masterpieces, and I talk, I'm talking like music, all that stuff, violin, all oboe, all those things. <laughs> Not me. Krista could, though. And you're going to be performing at the UCC, just door over, because you're creating. You're creating music that no one's ever heard. And it's compelling and it's powerful because it's not just music. It's Holy Spirit music. Some of you are going to sit in front of your spreadsheets. at comp- I, 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 oof, This one's hard for me to get out because I start twitching. In front of your computer, you're going to be looking at spreadsheets oof, and numbers. And you're going to come up with algorithms that's going to blow the minds of people all around you. I won't understand it at all. I'm just running around in my kangaroo shoes but you're out there changing the world by what you do. You're going to make really good food. You're going to be really good parents. You're going to be detailed. You're going to be accurate. What are the conditions for you today? We saw the conditions for Paul during these five verses. We saw how God moved all time and space. He put people right where they needed to be in order for his name to be known. What are the conditions for you today? And you are at the bama seat of judgment, just like Paul was. 
And every day we go out into the world. We go out vulnerably. We go out locking eyes with people that need hope. What are the conditions? Go boldly into the world and proclaim the good news to people that need to hear it. God's timing in your life is always perfect. Look at the people in your life he has surrounded you with. People that love you. People that might not even like you. But there's people that are surrounding you, just like in Paul's life. Look where you live. His timing's perfect. Look at your health. Look at your wealth. Like, we got so much, people. If you don't believe me, go to Haiti with me, okay? We have so much. Look at your talents and your gifts and your abilities. Man, you're a masterpiece. Wherever you go, go create, go believe, go speak good news. Like God's timing in your life is always perfect. Do you realize you're part of God's perfect story? Do you realize that right now? You, as you are today, are part of God's perfect story. Chapters will be written about your situation and your reaction to that situation right now. You believe that? Stories will be told of how you held on to his promises in your life. Do you believe that? Man, your grandkids will tattoo reminders of what God has done in your life and in your family's life. Do you believe that? Like, listen, all of history points to you being alive right now and walking in the goodness of God because God's timing is perfect in your life. God is who he says he is, and he loves how he says he loves. And you can take that to the bank, and you can hold on to that. God's timing is perfect in your life. I want to end with this quick little reminder. For some of us, it may be new. For those of us that grew up in, Christian, uh, in a Christian home, went to Sunday schools, we probably had Sunday school lessons on this. Rebecca. The story of Rebecca. A promise that God gave Rebecca that she would have a child. Yet she lives a life of barrenness, not able to have a child. And we see in Genesis chapter 25, verse 21, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And the Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebecca became pregnant. Listen. God has so many promises he's spoken over your life through scripture, through his Holy Spirit, through what he wants to do in your life. God's timing is perfect. Rebecca had to wait many, many years for promises to be declared and to come true. And I don't know where you're at in life right now, but don't get frustrated with God. If that healing hasn't come, that situation is still confusing and perplexing, don't get frustrated. Like, hold on to the promises like Rebecca a life of barrenness ends in this beautiful birth and promises are fulfilled. We know through scripture that God is bigger than anything in this world and he will overcome in our life. Do you, do you accept that, church? Man, that's good. Why don't we take this in right now as we close up? Normally I'd say just close your eyes and think on this, but I think this is a really cool building to look around. we could have been in here two years ago, what would it look like? What would it smell like? 
Not like this. I don't know how much money they put into this, but they put some money into it. And it's going to become a center place of downtown Greeley. Already we're here. What a cool reminder for all of us that what was once dead, dormant, falling apart, God comes in and goes, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh, nuh-uh, no way. Not in Greeley. Not on my watch. I'm not letting decay happen. The cool thing about this literal building is that we all drive by it multiple times throughout our week. And may it serve as a reminder and a model, an image that does nothing more than remind us that God takes things and restores them. And may that be an intimate message to all of us, man, that regardless of the fall, regardless of what's happened in our life, regardless what today looks like, regardless of how we feel, regardless if we're excited or we're not, like, God is restoring us. He's making us new every day. And I'm seeing a lot of smiles. It might be because you're hearing the kids screaming down there. <laughs> I don't know what that can remind you of, but I'm sure there's some promise of God in there. I kind of like hearing that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm sure someone could say something really profound about that, but Rachel, you've already done it, so thank you. The world is filled of imagos, images that point to his greatness. May this building remind you of how much he's moved time and space, and his timing is perfect in all of history to restore your life, to give you hope and a future. You're loved. My challenge for us today is to walk in that, asking God to continue to show you his timing for things that you're wrestling with and struggling with and continue to show you love. My other challenge is to fill your belly with pizza today <laughs> and to continue being a people that smile, finding our identity in Christ and who he is as he continues to rebuild our lives. Let me pray for us. God, you're so good. Oh, man, God, you're good. I mean, you created someone that created kangaroo shoes. You're really good. But you're eternal, and you've created so much more. You've created us, eternal beings. And you didn't just throw us here all alone to try to figure it out. You said, I've gone before you, man. I'm there. You've given us a way to call eternity into now, to see great things happen, to see things rebuilt and restored, starting with our lives. So God, I pray for anyone in this room that doesn't call you Savior and Lord, that you would in this place break through our hard hearts, show us how much you love us and compel us to call on your name. And church, we're told in scripture that 
If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was risen from the grave and died to cover over all of our sins, that we shall be saved. Maybe some of us in this room for the first time today, we're gonna say, God, I, I, I surrender, man. I know you're chasing me down. You have from the beginning of time, so I give you control of my life. Show me who you are. Show me how to love you because I'm tired and walking and guilt and shame, condemnation, feeling like crap. Set me free. Let me run in you. Let your Holy Spirit just show me life. Church, this is a gospel message worth giving our one and only lives for. Would you agree? God, speak to each and every one of us in this place right now. 